Hello, and welcome to Idiot's Alphabet Soup. My name is Jenny. And my name is Catherine. And here we are with a podcast. <laughs> because what else does the world need but yet another millennial podcast? My favorite thing about this is that I remember like one month into our friendship, we had this little running joke like, oh, maybe we should start a podcast. <laughs> oh, because we're so funny and quirky. We just need to start our own little podcast. And now it's happening like eight months later. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I was being a little judgmental of best friend duos who start podcasts together back when we first became friends. Well, we weren't even best friends yet. You, you were like a mild acquaintance at best. True. Um, True. You were just some girl that I like randomly spilled my secrets to sometimes. Okay. Should we talk about like how we met and like why we're here? <laughs> that, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Okay. Well, why don't you... All right. Um, so Catherine and I met in grad school. Um, we're both, well, we were both studying math. Um, I was, I'm a bit more of a pure mathematician. She's and more I'm of an more, applied mathematician, yeah. but we had, a, we had a class together. So like we kind of knew who we, who the other person was. Um, we were in a teaching certification cohort together. And like, I just knew that she was, you know, the one, the one person whose opinion I didn't hate in there. It's just... <laughs> Sorry if you're listening okay, to this, <laughs> Blake and Richard. I didn't actually value your, your opinions, I promise. She just anyway, valued mine the most. I valued Catherine's the most. Um, but, like, I didn't really give Catherine the time of day. Um, and, like, I never saw her around campus. But then our offices or our, our cubicles were, like, very close to each other. And so when she started teaching Calc 1 and came into the office a little bit more, and by a little bit more I mean, like, significantly more... Uh, we really hit it off. We gossiped about other people in the office, and it was great. See, the catalyst here was that we were getting a little bit too chatty, and the subject matter was getting a little bit too spicy, and we couldn't talk about it in the office. And spicy so- in the sense that it involved other people that were in our office. Not not necessarily the other type <laughs> of spicy, just so you know. <laughs> Don't worry, Mom. Don't worry. Um, um, but yeah, I, uh, I gave you a book yes, for your for birthday. birthday and you came to my birthday party. You were the only like non first year at my birthday party. Yeah. That was really fun. Awesome. Um, yeah, I barely knew you and now crazy podcast Anyways, crazy now eight months later. No, more than eight months. Wait, how many months have we been friends? Why did I say eight? <laughs> I just said eight because that sounded right, but it could be nine. Please don't fact check. I don't. Anyway, somewhere between eight and nine months later, here we are. Catherine is my best friend in the world. And we're going to be best friends forever. Yes. Anyway. (laughs) Jenny, let me talk. I'm sorry. Okay, I'll shut up. Go for it, Catherine. What a mic hog. Anyway, um, maybe we should explain to... (laughs) Like, why we started this podcast, you know? Okay, and so like, I ex- what is Idiot's Alphabet Soup? And why Why do we... What is it? That is a great idea. And Let me answer it, because so long you're talking, a little you're gonna answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think, first of all, we both like books. And I feel like most of our fruitful conversations start from, well, what do you think about this kind of concept? And we get those concepts from, like, books that we read. 
and we really like to trap each other into saying stupid things and make each other look like idiots. So I think that's where it comes from. And also, there's also um, our good friend Garrett once said that when we were together, we had two bodies, one personality and half a brain. So we are essentially quite very much like idiots <laughs> when we're together. And um, I think that's like a good little uh, thing to do. Just two of us talking about some books that we like to read or like something zany. Anything zany, really? Yeah. I don't know. Because, yeah, I remember one of our first like really intense conversations was about a philosophy book that you'd read. And like we hadn't quite gotten into our groove of how <laughs> our like discussions of books work. <laughs> and so it was just like both of us being super aggro. <laughs> We were discussing, like, something about, like... It was about, like, Marxism. Yeah. And, like, materialist philosophies. And I was like, well, I believe in God, but let me uh, play Devil's Avocados for a little bit. (laughs) And uh, tell you what they said. Because I remember, like, I was discussing these... Like, you were asking me these questions, and I was answering from, like, a fairly biblical perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kept bringing, like, bringing up more points. And I was like, is this girl even a Christian? Like, what, <laughs> what is she bringing up here? Well, I just like talking about things. And I, mean, like... I know this now. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, yeah, that was great, though. Well, yeah. Anyway, we think that, well, we're, like, narcissistic enough to believe that our our conversations deserve to be heard by the world so here we are (laughs) here we are um so why don't we talk a little bit about what types of books we like to read um okay so people can get a little bit of an idea of what to expect all right um should i start us off yeah why don't you go for it well okay um mostly my preferred genre of book would be philosophy um so i guess like one of the first books, well, the first book I gave you was this uh, this nice one. It's called Sophie's World by uh, Gardner. And um, you haven't finished it yet. But if you do, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, yeah, I really like classical philosophy. So a lot of Plato, a lot of uh, Aristotle, some Socrates in there. A little uh, theologian slash philosophy action with a... Uh, Aquinas, love that guy. Um, anything before the 1700s, 1700s and before, like it. Um, after that, it gets a little too God is dead for me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's kind of depressing, but I'm working on it. Um, but yeah, philosophy and also, I guess, classics. I like Jane Austen. I like, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to talk about this yet, but why don't you go? <laughs> okay. Um, so I was looking over my Storygraph, which all of you on the pod, if you want to follow me on Storygraph, you can. My username is just Jenny Smucker. <laughs> um, shameless plug. I only like just found out that you can follow people on Storygraph because um, anyway, I made my first friend on Storygraph today, but Ooh. that's Colton. Colton. Okay. Yeah. Well, I gotta follow you on Storygraph. Yeah. You you haven't even put any books on your Storygraph. Wait, you I get have. It together. I Wait, maybe have. I was looking at the wrong person. What's your What's your Storygraph username? Let me follow you real quick. 
you know what? Um, we can do that later. <laughs> Great point, actually. Okay. Um, <laughs> don't you want everyone on the podcast to follow you on Storygraph, though? I mean, sure. no, never mind. Okay, I'll later. just say later. my piece about about what I was saying. Um, so I was looking at my Storygraph to see like what the trends were for what I read last year, and definitely the category, the genre that I read the most of is classics. Uh, and that kind of makes sense. Like I tend to, I do tend to really enjoy reading classics. I definitely go for fiction over nonfiction for the most part. Um, and philosophy books, not my thing at all. Like, oh, stupid motorcycle. I'm sorry. <laughs> I should say for those of you listening at home, um, I don't have a great recording environment. I live on uh, like a busy street. And so if you hear vehicle noises, that's why I'm sorry. Um, but I'm not going to do anything about it. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, I read a lot of classics, um, mostly fiction. I read some nonfiction, but um, I tend to prefer nonfiction that's easy to read. So like your Malcolm Gladwell type books. I do really love Malcolm Gladwell. Um, and yeah, there's not a lot that I like refuse to read. Um, I don't read a lot of horror because I don't go for like horror things in general, but I do like sort of like an Agatha Christie mystery. Um Last year, I was very Agatha Christie obsessed. I read, like, 12 Agatha Christie books, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. what I like to go for. Cool. Okay, I just pulled up Storygraph for me, and apparently my top three is philosophy, and then classics, and then history, and science. Interesting. Yeah, so mostly, I think, it's like I don't know myself or whatever, but I feel like I probably prefer nonfiction to fiction, but I'm actively like trying to fix that by reading classics. Probably. Interesting. See, yeah, mine yeah. is definitely fiction as opposed to nonfiction because my my top three are like classics, mystery, and crime. Mm-hmm. Which I'm pretty sure the mystery and crime are heavily influenced by my like obsession with Agatha Christie. Um. Obsession might be extreme. I just I like her books because they're really easy to read. I can do oh, them in like a day. Interesting. And they're fun. So like, do you have any rules or like how do you pick out books at a used bookstore? At a used bookstore? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Um well, cost is one thing for me. Like I, I don't wanna be spending more than like four dollars on a book unless I'm pretty sure it's going to be a good one or it's a gift for someone else mm-hmm. um so like i yeah so in general that's like the cheaper it is the more likely i am to buy it um and then beyond that i if it's something i've heard of or an author i've heard of before i'll go for it um or sometimes like it just looks interesting um but yeah the more expensive it gets, the more it has to be, like, something I've heard of, something I've been wanting to read for a while, an author I know really well. Um, but, yeah. If it's cheap, it's just, like, hmm, the cover's pretty. I'll take it. <laughs> Do you, like, care about what's in the back so much? Do you read the teaser and kind of discern from there if you want to get it or not? Yeah, I'll usually, like, read the little blurb on the back and see if it sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anything I hate more and there are things I hate more but I really hate when the back is all just like reviews and I can't seem to find a description of the book anywhere 
Yeah. That really burns my biscuit. Yeah. For me, I have a, f- well, I have one rule that I live by. And it's if I see a hot person on the cover or like any attractive person on the cover, I immediately disrespect the book and I don't want to buy it. So when you showed me the front cover of The Christie Affair, uh, in my head, I already made up my mind that I wasn't going to read it. (laughs) I love that because like it really wasn't a good book. Yeah, or if there's some like manly man on the cover it's just like a huge turn off you know it's not like a yeah i'm not attracted to books for their body i'm i'm all about the mind <laughs> so like i can't i can't deal with these hot people on the cover um yeah so that's my one rule and the price it doesn't matter so much for me um <laughs> the third thing that kind of attracts me to a book if is if it's made by like an Asian person because that's extra exciting. There's something weird about like Japanese authors or like Chinese authors. I don't know. There's just something kind of interesting about. Uh, I don't know. Like maybe the writing style is a, is a little bit different. It's more introspective, and they have this obsession of not naming characters, and it's more kind of random. And yeah. completion isn't important. And I kind of like that. Yeah, it's been fun. I feel like you and I have both been on a, a journey of reading more, like, at least it's been Japanese authors for me, I feel like, a lot of it. Yeah, we've been exploring that area of literature. Yeah, we've been chugging along. Um, um, I just realized our listeners might not realize that you're Asian. Oh, by the way, listeners, I am Asian. <laughs> specifically of the filipino variety i don't know if that matters but it's there (laughs) cool now they know yeah i don't have an asian fetish (laughs) am i allowed to say that well whatever it's already out there (laughs) it's out there okay um anyway uh do you mind telling me about the books that you've read recently that you really liked um i would love to do that um so there's trying to think of the the three books i've read most recently are being mortal by i think his name is atul gawande that's how i say it in my head and if i'm mispronouncing it i'm sorry sir i loved your book um i read and then i read the christie affair by nina de gramont and um project hail mary by andy weir those are like the three ones that I've just recently finished. Um, Project Hail Mary, incredible. Uh, Catherine and I are actually going to review that on the next episode. So yes, look forward to that. Love um, that book. The Christie Affair, not great. Um, it was. I wanted it to be good because I've been enjoying so many Agatha Christie books that like I kind of expected it to have that feel. Did not was not enjoyable. I mean, maybe somebody else would like out there would like it. I didn't. But being mortal by Mr. Atul Gawande. Sorry, sir, if I mispronounced your name. Um, That was incredible. So it's all about, like, aging and dying and, like, perspectives on that. Um, And it's kind of from this premise that, like, we have this kind of impression of aging and dying that, like, the, the best thing to do is to keep 
older people safe and um, prevent dying for as long as possible. And what he's saying, getting at in the book is that like, those are important things, but there are also other important things that matter to people as they're aging and dying. And it, yeah, it was really fascinating. I'm trying to convince Catherine to read it now so that we can really discuss it in depth. Oh, don't be coy. You sent- I sent it to you. You That's sent true. me the book. I and I will her. read it. I bought it for her on Thrift Books <laughs> and had it sent to her house because I was like, I cannot stand you not reading this book. Oh, God. Anyway, yeah. what have you been reading recently, Catherine? Well, okay. Obviously, both of us have signed up for this reading challenge called Brighter Winner. And so I've read a bunch of books, too, for January, and I still have a bunch to read still. And, yeah, I'm kind of stressed about that. But still, I read um, Interview with a Vampire by Anne Rice because one of the challenges was to pick a book that had a protagonist that was 65 years or older. Um, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow um, by Zevin. And then I also read Project Hail Mary. We read that together as our buddy read by Andy Weir. And um, also, I guess I read The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. And also Revenge, 11 Dark Tales by Yoko Ogawa. Um, so hey, I got- it's a Japanese writer. <laughs> we love Japanese writers. Um, but yeah, so far... I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I kind of like this idea of participating in a reading challenge because usually if I were given the choice, I would just focus on philosophy books and not much else. Maybe a cheeky little Asian book or two (laughs) Um, and maybe a classic. But otherwise, I don't really stray far into sci-fi or anything like that. So it was nice. And also, I don't usually read books that were published, like, a year ago or this year or, like, two two years. I don't know. It's just fun to kind of go out of my comfort zone a little bit and read more modern things. It's cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, my goal for this year, I mean, obviously, I'm also doing this reading challenge. One of my big reading goals for this year is to work my way through the books that I've bought but haven't read yet. Um and See, like you need the rule that I have. Yes, what is your rule? Okay, my rule is I should only have um what do you call that uh your to read pile? Like, like TBR to be read? Yeah, my to be read pile should be able to fit on my uh bedside table. So, if I have so many bi- books on my bedside table that I can't put another one on, then I'm not buying that book. I got to read my books. See, that's, that's smart. And I, I do need to adopt that philosophy. Right now, my goal, though, is to like actually shrink my to-be-read pile. Um, I went and made a spreadsheet of like all the books that are sitting, like, we're sitting currently on my bookshelf that needed to be read. Tell us how many books are on your spreadsheet, Yes, you already Jenny. know this, Catherine. <laughs> but I'm saying it so that the people on the podcast can know that it was 46, 45. 45. I think it was 45 because, yeah. yeah, one was a library book. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't count that one because I just got it from the library. But, yeah, there were 46, 45 books on there, <laughs> um, which was a little alarming. I didn't realize that there were quite that many books that I had and didn't read. So 
for February, like the February portion of Brighter Winter, I think I managed to get all the challenges just with books that are on my bookshelf. Um, so I'm, oh, and also the one that you're sending me. And so, right. Yeah. I sent that today. Nice. Yeah. I was, was that tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow? Yeah. So I sent you that book and I also sent you back. Oh, wait, I read another book, the poetry book, which is like poetry is not my cup of tea, by the way, but I enjoyed some of it. Poetry is um, much more my cup of tea. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, what was that book you sent me? Watermelon <laughs> Reflections pickle? on the Gift of Watermelon Pickle. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, it, it definitely, I wouldn't have picked up that book uh, if there was no challenge for it, but I'm glad I did. Yeah. You know what book I'm finally picking up because of this challenge? What? Is that Free Will book. Oh, Free Will yes. by Mark Ballinger, I think is his name. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I told you about it ages ago, right? Yeah, and then I bought it like soon after you told me about it, and then I just couldn't be bothered to read it. Well, yeah, I, I wasn't even interested in reading it till one of my friends said that there was no free will, and that we're all just atoms banging against each other, and like the whole universe was deterministic. Yeah. And... <laughs> I just thought that was all hokum, and I decided to read a book about it so I could prove him wrong. <laughs> yeah, so that one, I, I need to start it. I'm, I'm also working on finishing this book called What Are We Doing Here? It's like a collection of essays, and it has been the hardest thing to get through. This woman uses such enormous words, and I never have any idea what she's saying. And like, I think maybe if I were a bit more literary... In my head, I'm saying, like, if I were a bit more literary, maybe I would know what she was talking about. The truth no. is, I just don't. I feel like the the style and from what you've told me and from what you've recited to me, it sounds like the woman is a little bit uh, pretentious, sorry. <laughs> and she's obsessed with puritanism. I think, like, she considers herself a puritan, which is actually convenient because I wanted needed that needed that to fill a category um but yeah she always brings up puritanism and i think like one of her big things is addressing this like misconception that puritans are all about like ooh, you can't be happy or wear any colors (laughs) oh and we burn witches at the stake and we are uneducated like she's i think trying to kind of push against that narrative Mm-hmm. Um, because she references, well, she references Jonathan Edwards all the time. She's like obsessed with him. Um, and then she also <laughs> talks about how like the Puritans were behind a lot of the early educational movements in the U.S. And so like I've been able to pick that up, but like, yeah. Anyway, so I think I'm I'm close to finishing that one, and so I'm I'm trying to decide if I want to push through and finish that and then start the free will book, or try and read them side by side. What challenge are you reading the free will book for? Is this a, a January thing? Yeah, it's a book that's outside your comfort zone. Oh, okay. Because it's, I guess it is philosophy adjacent, I'd say. Yeah. And I feel like I am uncomfortable with the conversation that free will doesn't exist. And so, mm. yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Ooh, look at us. Ooh. <laughs> reading our little books. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. What do you... Let me let me uh, put this conversation back on track, I guess, and Sweet. talk about books. 
Um, so what do you think makes a good book? That's a good question. I think like there's, I don't, okay. I'm just going to like the him and ha here until I come up with an actual good description. Um, I think there's a few things that make a good book. And I think like books can be good in different ways. Okay. So like the components in my, in my estimation to a good book are something that's like readable and understandable. So if you might have a book that has amazing content, but if it's like really a slog to get through, it's quite the brick. We love bricks. We love bricks, but I think being a brick is a is a detractor in my head. Like if it's hard to read, that makes it worse in my mind. Um, secondly, um, it needs to make me think. Like the good books are the ones that make me think. So an ideal book is the type of book that like I enjoy reading it. Like I want to pick it up. It's not the type that makes me want to fall asleep. Okay. And then at the end, I I have questions that I'm turning over in my head and thinking about. Okay. So you want to think hard enough that you think about it after, but not hard enough for it to be a break. Yeah. And I think there's a, I think there's a, a difference between like a book that makes you think and a book that's hard to read. Mm. Um, because like, what makes you think, for me at least, it's like the new ideas that the book is bringing about. And if it takes a lot of attention just to understand what the ideas are, then I find it difficult to have any brain space to even like think about what I think about the ideas. I, I don't think know. you're not quite that way, but that's no. how it is for me. Yeah, I don't know because part of the the joy I get from reading a book is the hard work that I have to put in like if some type of idea or concept is like is complicated and I have to actively use my brain to figure out what the author is saying then it's when I understand something it's a prize in and of itself like ooh, I work to get this concept in my head and now I can kind of bamboozle the people I talk too with this like zany new thing I learned that's part of the joy I I find in books because I don't know if you feel this way but I feel this way there there should be a distinct difference between me reading a book and me watching a show because if I watch a show it's like I don't need to work hard at all but I can think about it after still it stays with me and I do still have questions after I watch a show but if I'm reading a book I want I want my brain to be working harder because I'm not there has to be some like reward for reading a book and that's learning something difficult. If I'm just watching a show then it's like, oh, okay. I do still gain something valuable from it, but not in my mind I want to gain something more valuable from reading. That's like why I read. If that makes sense. I can see what you're saying, but that is not how I am at all. <laughs> Um, and like knowing you and knowing how you are, like that makes perfect sense for Catherine. <laughs> I, however, like in my when I when I think about good writing, like mm-hmm. for me, part of what makes a good book is good writing, and good writing to me is partially, at least, effective communication. 
I see. And if I'm really struggling to understand a concept, I mean, sometimes there are hard concepts that are difficult to communicate effectively. And like, I respect a book that does its best. Um, but nonetheless, like sometimes there are simple concepts that a book does not communicate effectively. Um, or even just like complicated. What am I saying? Yeah. I think effective communication is important. And I think sometimes when you have like, that's what makes a brick hard for me to read is that like, they're not communicating these ideas as effectively as they could. I guess that also makes sense that each of us feels this way because I'm more likely to read nonfiction and I feel like it's more informative and not so much about literary flair or communication. It's about, you know, presenting concepts and facts, whereas like you prefer to read classics and it's very much all about the style. That is actually really true. I think, I think for me, reading is more about like, the enjoyment and the good writing and like enjoying the style of it. Whereas for you, it's a lot more like, what's the information that I can gain from this? What are the ideas that I can glean? Yeah, because to me, what makes a book valuable is what I take from it. And I try to do this with every book that I read. It's more like, obviously, the value of a book and like the information I get from nonfiction is more explicit. Because I'm, oh, I'm learning this thing about this certain topic. But for fiction, I know, you know, I read, I've been reading a lot of fiction too, because like last year I had the book goal and now I have Brighter Winter. And even when I do read fiction, I want to come out with questions about like humanity and people's character. And I I, I torture you with these like ideas that I have because I I think it's fun to, like, I, I like taking um, ideas from books and like have them as conversations. Yeah. And yeah. But I do feel like you make me think a lot more about what I read. Like when I now I'm when I read things, I'm always like, what are the what are the questions I can be asking you? What are the themes? What can I ask Catherine about from this book? I know. I love trying to think about what the theme is. Because okay, let me give a little mini rant about how this is the main reason why I hate books that were published like now and in the past like five to ten years is because the theme now is life is uh, random and there is no theme like that's (laughs) that's what a modern book is most of the time especially like young adult and like I don't know it's not I know like life isn't supposed to be like pretty and wrapped in a bow but in books I feel like it's important to have an overarching theme and not just ooh, life is random yeah because if I wanted life as random then I would just live my life not read a book about it (laughs) that's true well okay I have a question for you which is do you tend to see your life as its own like grand narrative girl I'm just trying to wake up at 7 20 (laughs) a.m in time to get to work like I am not thinking about my narrative most days most days I get up and just try to do my best Um, interesting but I do have these moments, maybe, when I'm walking home in the dark of night with my friends, and I'm like, wow, I'm the protagonist of my own movie. But, like, that's that's not my everyday 24-7. Yeah. 
Okay, but I'm wondering is, these type of books that are like, oh, life is random, there is no narrative, I kind of wonder if these are written by somewhat jaded authors who saw their, who wanted to see their own lives as a grand narrative, and then realized that that's not how life works. And so they're like, okay, grand narratives don't exist. I'm not going to write one. <laughs> uh, maybe so. Maybe our next project is to write a book together. Oh my word. Yes. I say please we not are. Until, please not until I have my master's degree. <laughs> I have too many things on my plate. I say we uh, trash this podcast and start writing our book. Girl, I just, I just need to make a presentation. Don't make me write a book. <laughs> Maybe next semester. Maybe next. We'll figure that out. Yeah, for you next semester. Maybe the summer. Maybe the summer. No, I'm gonna be studying for a prelim. Prelim. Never mind. Not the summer. (laughs) Maybe next summer. Yeah. Um. But yeah, don't. I. uh, Certainly, don't you feel, Jenny, that you are the protagonist? We've talked about this a lot. Yeah, I definitely feel like I could be a protagonist in this. Like, if there was a story and I was in it, I would probably be the protagonist. <laughs> that might have been one of the most pretentious sounding things I've said. Um, and it's my ego. I can't control it. <laughs> you, um, you okay? Yeah, I'm good. You stand up good? You sitting up straight? Now I am. I'm a sloucher by nature. I was gonna. I was gonna say. Oh, you're making a joke about my head. I'm sorry. I am dense. My word. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we we talk about this a lot. Is that um, when we hang out, we always feel like main characters. Yeah. You know, my sister and I were discussing this somewhat because we were talking about, like, with marriages. Like, you know how each marriage, it seems like there's always someone who's the main character in the marriage? Yes. Like, when when you and Luke get married, you'll be the main character in that marriage, no doubt about it. Thank you. I'd hope so. In my world, yeah. Yeah. Who do you think, uh... You know what? We can't talk about other people in this <laughs> podcast, like, right off the bat. <laughs> I mean, Yeah. Yeah, I think some people are safe to talk about, but some people are not. <laughs> Why don't we uh, talk about these unsafe people? Ooh. <laughs> Super spicy. The people anyway. we can talk about are the ones who are permanent in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I got a question for you. Okay. What do you think is um, an objectively bad book, but you enjoyed reading? Oh, that is a good, good question. Um, I feel like there's a... Okay. There's going to be a lot of silence and me just pondering that you might have to cut out after this. (laughs) Okay. I think I know what it is. Okay. And I haven't read it in a long time, but I think I would still enjoy it if I went back to it. Um... Oh, actually, there's two. Okay, one is called All American Girl by Meg Cabot. Meg Cabot? Yeah, this is the same woman. Princess Diaries, right? You wrote The Princess Diaries, yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's about, I read it when I was young, and I just really loved it. 
And like it's a fun little little story. It's about this girl who like saves the president and then she's just like a regular girl and she like falls in love with the president's son. Oh, that's and, like that's kind of cute though. It's cute. It's objectively like not well, It's literature. a children's book, isn't it? Yeah. Or like anyway, a preteen book. Both of these are like kind of preteen books. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe objectively bad is kind of a, a mean thing to say, but like as an adult, I would like, it's not like, yeah, I wouldn't think of it as like good literature. I see. Um, the other one is, okay, it's actually a book series, but I haven't read the whole series. It's about like these girls who go to like spy school and they're like trained to tail oh, people. Oh no. Um, I think the first, if I remember correctly, the first one is called like, I tell you I love you, but then I have to kill you or something. Um, I hate it. <laughs> just from the title, I hate it. <laughs> but it was like, it's just, it's like fun, you know? Because when I was like, I feel like when I was a kid, I, I dreamed of things like that. Like, ooh, I can tail people and see what's going on. You know what? That probably started my obsession with like knowing what's going on in other people's lives. You know what actually started that obsession now that I think? What? It's the book Harriet the Spy. Have you read that? No, it's about I haven't. Who's just like obsessed with other people's lives and like goes and like spies on people and takes notes on what's going on in their lives. And no, and that, that sounds like, like, so much her, fun. like friends all find her diaries where she's been keeping track of <laughs> with all these things. Um, and I read it multiple times when I was a kid. And now that I think about it, I think that's why I'm such a nosy person now. <laughs> I think. Well, okay, those books are understandably are are understandable because the, I feel like the the preferences of children objectively bad as an adult. Um, but you know what I loved to read when I was in high school was uh this little book series called Twilight. <laughs> And may I say, I was completely obsessed. I would proudly bring these books to school and read them. And I think I told you this in middle school when we were talking about most embarrassing things we did that we were proud of. But I would um, crack the book open and just walk the hallways and read the book, quote unquote, read. But really, I was just like, look at me reading Twilight. So zany and cool. Um, yeah. Is there anything more I'm not like other girls I like to read than walking around while you're reading? Because I used to do that too. I would like have my book and I would be like, ooh, look at me. I'm walking and reading at the same time. I can't be bothered to put my book down when I'm walking around. Ooh, look at me. It was so awful. (laughs) I hate that I did that. And, um, I would also make a point of not participating in conversations during snack time because I was busy reading my book (laughs) and when they would invite me over I would be so pleased with myself when I and and I'd say I can't I'm reading I'm reading a book and it's it's so exciting I can't put it down (laughs) and it was quite uh, looking back it was very embarrassing but what can you do that is hilarious and I love everything about that yeah have you ever read Twilight? No. That was on it's the list of like, like growing up, there was a list of books that in my head were just inherently bad. I should clarify 
Um, I'm Mennonite and I grew up Mennonite, which is like a fairly conservative Christian. And so, yeah, Twilight off the table. Harry Potter also off the table. I read those books in adulthood. So I have read the whole Harry Potter series now. But like as a kid, mm -mm, Harry Potter was a no go. Harry Potter is not that great. Yeah. You know, I read it reading it as an adult. I'm like, I can see why this people liked this as a kid. But like. Honestly, I feel like it made me judge Potterheads even more. I don't I'm like, know. you're an adult and you're obsessed with this book? Well, I read it when I was a kid and I, well, like, you know, I loved it. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's what it is for a lot of people is that, like, sentimental value. Um, I, I, I always forget that you're a closeted Potterhead. I am a closeted Potterhead. But I think the value that, po- that uh, Harry Potter brings to the world is it introduced kids to reading. Yeah. Like, all the kids in my class were obsessed with Harry Potter. And anytime a new book came out, the whole school went nuts. And we were all, like, talking about it. It was awesome. I love Harry Potter. Um, not Twilight anymore, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> my mom asked me if Twilight was appropriate for me to read. And I was like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to read it. I'm really curious, like, in 15 years, how we're going to look back on, like, the TikTok books of this era. Are you on book talk at all? No, I'm not. Okay. Girl, you know I'm not. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're on, like, uh, luxury watch TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how TikTok, like, I don't know how the algorithm works, but yeah. Yeah. I, like... I bounce in and out of book talk, I would say. Um, and there's a lot of books that show up there that I'm like, these can't actually be that good. Um, me, I know exactly what book talk is about, and I know exactly what the YA <laughs> okay. novels are about. Tell let me, me let me lay out this trope because basically every young adult book I feel is a Hallmark movie in the way that it's predictable and you read five pages and you can guess the entire plot. Okay. So there's probably a girl and she's in some disadvantaged situation. She could be in like a bad zone of society, a bad sector, or she's of a bad class of society in this post-apocalyptic world. And she has a best friend that's good looking, but she sees him as a friend. And there's a situation that happens where she's plucked from her like from abject poverty and gets moved over to this upper echelon like upper class beautiful world and she meets this good looking guy who's like the prince or the ceo of society or whatever and she forms this little love triangle between old best friend and mr handsome and there's probably a school some type of training is involved or a war is going on and she's going undercover. And in the end, she ends up with a good looking guy and the best friend gets thrown to the side after like three books. Okay. I'm going to say, I know like exactly what type of books you're talking about. Cause I can think of like three book series right off the bat that fit into those, <laughs> like fit into what you just said. But I will say, I feel like book talk is a little bit, different now first of all it's not nearly as dystopian as it used to be as far as i can tell i will say i haven't 
read a lot of book talk books, but from what I've seen. <laughs> but now I feel like everyone's obsessed with their like, ooh, spicy books. And like, ooh, I want books with a little bit of spice. And okay, like that what makes spicy me in what way? Well, in the like spicy way. In like a fifty shades of gray way. Yeah, but I think it, I think it's not nearly as extreme as like fifty shades of gray is. Okay. But like everyone's into like just a little bit of that. And I don't I personally don't enjoy that in a book. <laughs> But then also, okay, there's this one book that, like, has to be so terrible that I kind of want to read it. Or there's, like, a couple. This woman writes books that are, like, romance books but set in these, like, STEM settings. Um, Like, one is called The Love Hypothesis. That sounds like terrible fan fiction. Yeah, because I feel like I, I have beef often with people that write about, like... They have main characters that are really into STEM fields. And obviously I can only speak personally for math. But I read this book one time about this girl who's like all obsessed with math and like wanted to be a mathematician. And some of the things that were written were absolutely bonkers. So bad. Like, (laughs) I want to complain about this for a second and then I'm going to let you talk. Okay, and then I'll complain. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, you go. Because like... Some of the stuff I could just, you know, um, suspension of disbelief, let it go with, like, her discovering things about relativity and tra- time travel. But at one point, she's like, um, someone asks her, like, oh, what is the 101st prime number? And she's like, oh, I calculated it in my head, and it's this number. Girl, you cannot calculate, calculate You cannot calculate prime numbers. That is, like, the thing about prime numbers. <laughs> If you could calculate prime numbers, you would be rich. If you could create something, a computer program that could calculate the next prime number, I will eat my socks. I know. Like, you would make so much money. And all, like, online security would be broken. Like, this is ridiculous. (laughs) You know what else is ruined? As a oh. math major? Yes, go for it. Um, if you're a math major and you see like some type of um maybe you're watching a Marvel movie or like a sci-fi movie and there are these math scribbles in the background and it's like area equals pi r squared. I'm like, really? <laughs> you're launching a rocket into space with pi r squared. Or <sighs> Jenny, when I saw the Avengers and Mr. Iron Man tells um his little ai can you get the eigenvalues for me real quick i was about to start like flipping tables because what are you even talking about mister is this relatable i feel like this is not relatable i don't know if this is relatable or not wasn't i haven't actually seen that one but didn't he say something like oh find the eigenvalue of the mobius strip or something yes actually, Maybe what does that even mean like that. i know but yeah no that's i mean I feel like everybody probably has, like, their field of expertise and they, like, watch movies that have to do with it and they're just like, what is going on here? I feel this, I feel like um, nurses who watch Grey's Anatomy would feel the same or doctors who watch Grey's mm-hmm. Anatomy would feel the same. But, yeah, it's just kind of interesting. And, um, yeah, yeah, that's, the, when I, whenever I watch a movie like that with Luke, I always have to convince him, like, pause it right here. And then I complain for about five minutes about how everything written on the board is stupid. My or, favorite, um, though, um, was I'm not used to, like, watching these things with other, like, people who are also 
you know, studying math. And so um, when we watched Wakanda Forever together, <laughs> that was that was so much fun because this girl's yes. like, ooh, velocity is the derivative of position and acceleration and like whatever, whatever, <laughs> while she's in the air. And we're just like, girl, no. what are you talking about? It's not going to help you here. Your uh, differential equations class, your your cute little um two hundred level differential equations class is not gonna help you out here. Um, but yeah, I don't know if anybody listening is enjoying this. Um, I feel like we've strayed very far off topic here. I know. Well, what can you do? Like that's just yeah. That's I guess you can add that to the type of books I do enjoy reading is. I get a lot of enjoyment out of reading math-related books. You know what? I agree with that. And I should um, send you the book, mathematics book, that I, that I read last year. I would enjoy that. that. Really I also have your book, Innumeracy, here that I need to read. Oh, Innumeracy is a great book, and I think we should talk about it one day. Because it, I think, especially since, you know, I taught calc one semester and you're going into your second te- uh, second semester of teaching um, calc, I think it would be really interesting to talk about how some people just don't know anything about numbers and just the scale, maybe the magnitude or the order, you know? Yeah. People don't really understand orders of magnitude, but okay. That's like a, that's a These conversation for another people. time. <laughs> Imagine not knowing orders of magnitude. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Anyway. Was there another subject on the subject list, or should we wrap things up? I think think this is a good place to wrap things up. We've done almost 50 minutes. Look at us just gabbing away. This is the problem, is we just don't stop talking once we start talking. That's true. Anyway, this has been Idiot's Alphabet Soup. Um, (laughs) thanks for listening. See y'all later. Hey.